0: Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Thursday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today we have a returning guest who's joining us on the program to talk about why we should be funding the government from the bottom up not from the top down to the bottom. But before we get there, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor and that is Young Americans for Liberty. Guys, I wanna tell you about this great opportunity to jump head first into the uh, into the liberty movement, that is, and make a real impact. Young Americans for Liberty is currently recruiting campaign field staff to help elect pro-liberty candidates across the country as part of Operation Win at the Door. These principal candidates are dedicated to fighting for gun rights, keeping our troops home, parental rights and education, criminal justice reform, ending our sensual spending, and many other winning liberty policies. And when I say winning, I mean it. Their work speaks for itself. These are the guys that helped pass constitutional carry in Indiana. Texas, and Alabama fought the lockdowns every step of the way, all while helping make Liberty win. So, you want to help make a difference and get Liberty candidates elected across the country? If you want to be a part of the fight and actually make an impact in our insane political climate here in 2022, you can join one of these campaigns now through November 8th, gas-covered, housing fully provided, and you'll be compensated a total of $2,800 a month for your work on the campaign trail. Interested? Go to com forward slash Watch. Y-A-L to apply and make a real change in this country today that's com forward slash Y-A-L let's make liberty win one more time com forward slash Y-A-L all right folks so I mentioned it yeah returning here onto the program we're gonna take a 90 degree turn and that is with the one Fred Eberline. Fred welcome back to the program
1: yeah it's good to be here Brian thanks for having me back
0: Absolutely. You've been busy, Fred. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last time you were on the show, you were getting ready to uh, have your new book, The 90-Degree Turn, uh, officially launch. And then July 4th came. And uh, my goodness, you, you jumped right up there into the bestsellers on Amazon. <laughs> Talk to us. What's <laughs> been going on now that you're an official uh, Amazon best-selling
1: author? Uh, well, and people are interested in the book, um, which is great. And um, but you know we've got i have personally it's nice but we have a long way to go um in terms of this being recognized as the formula incredible formula for transitioning washington so up until that happens brian it's just a lot of warm fuzzies and good feelings and all that but it's nice to hear from people who have really read it who focus on particular details and really think about it and that's great so since i've launched the book i've also recently introduced a website the 90 degree turn and um i'm blogging there i wrote my first blog about 10 days ago i wanted to have another one I'd like to do one a week actually uh but i came down with COVID, so that got in the way a bit but my first blog was title of it is what i what i did wrong or where I went wrong, excuse me. So my philosophy is to take on criticism, constructive criticism. And in this first blog, I refer to one of the first reviews, actually the first review written on the book by a gentleman by the name of Steve Levine. Yeah, that's the blog right there, where I went wrong. And I I tell the story of I think this may have happened before you and I even connected Brian, but very early on, I sent this out in PDF uh, to lots of folks and I was looking for reviews and Steve responded and uh, basically said, well, you know, I can't write a review because if I do, it's not going to be very good. And uh, so We started to I responded to him after reading his objections and I realized that, you know, he's these are some fair objections. So rather than getting defensive about it, I think having a background in business has helped us. I just looked at it objectively and put myself in his position and there is merit to his arguments. And I like that. I like that because, you know, this is a theory that I've put forward in the book, 124 pages in paperback. I don't go into every last detail. So, you know, it kind of lends itself to criticism. And uh, there's the four points, right, that, uh, that Steve brought up. And I think they're all legitimate points. And so my next blog, which I'm working on now, Brian, will address these uh, because I, again, I think they're valid. They're valid points. And, you know, his first point is just that. You know, having a database of needs is a criticism of the needs monitor is a bit, if not a lot, unwieldy. Um, and, you know, that's true. So, how do you do that? How do you make that work? Right? And you know, then he goes on to make other criticisms, uh, thinking of how things work today. Uh, you know, as he writes in the second point, uh, the needs of a community almost untenable, given the complexity of infrastructure needed to create, operate and maintain municipal properties and services. So there's no arguing that. But again, this is about alignment. But and, and more importantly, it's I like the feedback, I like the criticism. So this new website I have is um, the theme is dialogue. That's really the name of it. It's, the URL is 90 degree turn. But uh, the theme there is dialogue.
0: Well, and how important is it, right, Fred, to have an actual conversation? And that's something that yeah. I, I think I really appreciate about our first time we got together was that you were coming into this truly looking to have a dialogue. You were looking to bring an idea to the table and, and frankly, try to, to make people think in a different way. And And how exciting of a time to bring a different idea to the table when there are m- millions, if not billions yeah. of people across the globe who are now actively looking to do things in a different way. And this could right. be a great template, right? So let's talk about, again, yeah. just a refresher mm-hmm. course for folks. I, I teased sure. it in the intro, a more bottom up <laughs> approach to funding uh right. the different mechanisms in government. Explain to us again, right. what is this 90 degree turn you're you're referring to?
1: Right. Well, very good question. Yeah, it's good to recap. So the idea for this comes from a book that I read several years ago, Startup Nation Israel. And in that book, they told the story at Intel and Intel was up against a uh, microchip architectural issue that, you know, basically at the end of the day, they had to change the way the processing processors worked to continue to increase performance without frying the chip anyway it was a very interesting story and i i took that idea and kind of stayed with me for some years and that's how i came up with the 90 degree turn so the bottom line of intel was that they had to give up on some old practices to survive to go on to adapt to the new world to the new realities and it's very clear and you know in their case because it's engineering if you you're if your heats get too high uh so on and so forth you know microprocessors can break down. So it's easier to assess in the case of Intel, but even still there where it was really science, there was a lot of denial. Management wanted to stay on the same course, So I saw a lot of parallels between that story in America and where we're at. And uh, that's really where the name came from, from what they call the right turn in the Intel story to the 90-degree turn. And my view is a lot like with Intel is let's not throw the – Maybe out with the bathwater. There's a lot of very important assets in the federal government. On the other hand, due largely to Congress, there's a tremendous amount of overhead. And in my analysis, for every $1 spent by the government, by the US federal government, we get about less than half a penny of value. So we have an overhead of (laughs) 99.5%. in the federal government, which is really unimaginable. But that's where we're at. We've gone from a deficit of $5.6 trillion in 210 years, to over 30 trillion. Uh, now, which, you know, just 20 years later, essentially, so my argument is that we re- we have to redefine our government to redefine democratic republics, not just in America, but around the world. Obviously, the Democratic Republic was invented by our founding fathers, and it's 233 years old. And it's burdened by age, uh, complexity, size, and worst of all, fundraising centric politics. So those are the four pillars that <clears throat> I put forward in the book uh, in terms of describing today's situation. And then I put forward a solution, a pivot, if you will, on how we go from where we're at today to a, to greater value coming out of not just Washington, but presumably local and state governments.
0: Now saving so, saving the good stuff, right? Obviously, for the audience to go ahead and actually get the book, right? Yeah, um, give yes. us a, a little bit of a snapshot of what that solution looks like and how it actually goes from being a great book yeah. and an idea to a tangible, uh, real life, practical idea
1: into practice. Right. And some of that's on the back of the book here, <laughs> uh, where I talk about bottom up separation, which I'll get into, and in value gap and needs monitor. It's not actually the order they're given in the book. There is there, there's the cover for everyone to see. Um, and excuse my markers there, but just in case. <laughs> anyway, it's a short book. It's 124 pages in paperback, and uh, it's a theory. It's a political theory. I wanted to keep it short. I didn't want to try to get into every permutation. So the core elements of this in terms of how we pivot, Brian, is we start what we call a needs monitor. I think in our last uh, podcast, you were calling it the heat map, which is fine. That's the idea. It's a heat map of needs. Um, and it's a sophisticated, open, secure system hasn't been built yet. It's conceptual, but this is not rocket science. Basically, everybody can come in, indicate what their needs are. If they have solutions in mind, they can put those forward too but this that's the concept i mean it's a bit more sophisticated than just saying a need we want you to articulate that and elaborate on that talk about any solutions and this might be anywhere from cleaner water to education to higher greater security economic security you name it we want to put it there and if you know look at amazon can do this with products and so many suppliers that it works with and millions of products we can do the same in terms of quantifying and letting individuals quantify what their needs are, right? So that's where it starts, that's the needs monitor. And the idea is that through government, whether it's local or state, county, federal, they all can look at that and judge from that the real needs on the ground. The other purpose of the needs monitor though is this bottom up separation that I mentioned a moment ago. Mm. So we use the needs monitor as a way of identifying what, which resources in Washington, first and foremost, are needed. I mean, the focus of my book is on Washington. Uh, we have about 10 million people working in Washington today, more or less, nobody really knows the exact figure. Um, you know, and they're, they're spending 7 trillion a year, that's 31% or thereabouts of the GDP. So it's, it's a huge part of the economy and it's we just need to come to grips with it. It's bonkers. And so wow, yeah. So my book is about pivoting, though. It's not about just cutting out, you know, entire agencies. And that's kind of where Steve and his comments come from: is you know, just defunding anything that's not identified explicitly in the Constitution. So that may have merit to it. But even if we're going to do it that way, let's pivot. And the idea of the pivot is that we give people in those agencies a chance to bid on the needs that are identified in America. So I think it's just a better way of managing resource and people. I mean, we don't want to be just because someone is a civil servant in the government doesn't mean they're a bad person and they should, you know. (laughs) Be, well, be you know what's funny you up. say
0: that, Fred, is um, we did an audience poll here, not just at the, the Brian Nichols show, but the greater Weird Libertarians audience. And I forget um, the specific breakdown of the, the numbers, but I know that the top five of our demographics of folks who listen to the show based on occupation – I think three of them were public sector employees. And I think a lot of it is inherently because they get to see the inefficiencies firsthand. They get to see yeah. how bad it is. And, and they many times want to fix it, right? And it is, it's unfortunate because you see folks who, who so desperately say like, you know, I'm going to be the one that's different. And, and that it, it makes you frustrated on their behalf almost because. It's not them. It's not necessarily the people. There's a fly there. Goodness. Sorry. Um, but more so it's, it's the, the mechanisms that the funding mechanisms. Um, I saw a, a post and it was, you know, you asked me to follow the science and I tried to follow the science, but it led me to following the money. And that's so true when you look at anything in terms of how the government goes out and, and oh, spends yeah. its money. So. I mean, yeah, it is. It's one of those unfortunate realities that it's it's very, um, uh, I don't say impossible. It's almost impossible, it feels. But it's very difficult to change this leviathan of a federal government, to your point, spending seven trillion dollars yeah. a year. It's just bonkers yeah.
1: to me. Well, um, wow. particularly when you see how much of it is overhead. So yeah, talk to us about that. Well, I mean, that's what my analysis says. I did it. A- deep dive of sorts on uh, healthcare.gov. But I looked at other aspects of the government, uh, including even those that report on the bad things like the inspector general's office, They, you know, they give themselves credit on potential savings. I mean, so (laughs) to see that the very entity that's charged with Keeping us all on track and integrity and accountability is there by their own methods spinning the numbers. Mm-hmm. That's frightening. So the spinning happens everywhere, even at the Inspector General's office. I mean, again, they're they're giving themselves in their reports to Congress, and I'm pretty certain Congress has approved this. They award themselves credit. I don't think anyone gets a bonus necessarily, but they give themselves credit on recommendations they've made and the potential savings that can come from that to, to do to say uh, here's an idea brian you know and oh boy if you implement this you're going to save five million a year and then i go and put that in my ledger i say brian five million a year uh, it's not really um, an accurate statement particularly if you don't implement that change <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one yeah. report I saw in it, 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 DOL, Department of Labor. Um, I think I brought this up in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. It's still yep. shocking to me, but was no, no charts on things completed, but nine pages uh, in the appendix of projects or recommendations not implemented, recommendations not implemented. So that's like our government. It's so much motion and just little tiny bit of action. <laughs> And it's become, you know, it's really become a problem at so many levels and uh, we have to fix it. So that's what I put this forward with malice towards nobody. Yeah, I mean, I have malice towards no party, no person. It's a systemic issue yes. brought about by everyday human beings who were motivated by sometimes bad things like lots of money and and all that
0: (laughs) incentive structures matter and they're real like i don't know why sometimes we pretend that's not the case when we talk about the public sector but if anything it's even more so real in the public sector so yeah let's acknowledge that and with that To your point, try to develop a system that addresses that. So, uh, Fred, we're already hard-pressed for time here. So with that being said, let's do this. Uh, Direct folks to where they can find this awesome new book, The 90-Degree Turn, but also we have a lot of projects that are, as you mentioned, coming down the pike here. You have your new blog, but also, rumor is you're
1: starting a podcast? Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I almost forgot. So as part of the dialogue, I'd really like to have people on my podcasts that have read the book and have feedback criticism like Steve does, you know, so um, that's what I want to do is, and I'm, I'm doing that. I'm planning that. Uh, one of the first part podcasts will be actually with my brother who played a role in helping me to write the book. And you'll hear that there's a lot we don't agree on, uh, but it's healthy. It's healthy dialogue. And that's what this is about is just putting this theory out there letting people say, here's what I like, here's what I don't like, and trying to make it better. So the website and the dialogue and all the blogs I'm writing and podcasts is really to build out and let's say put some definition behind the theory. That's the goal.
0: Love it. Fred, thank you for joining us. And folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, well, I'm going to ask you to do me a few things. Number one, please go ahead and give today's episode a share. That's number one. Number two, please go and give Fred's book a purchase over on Amazon. I will include the link for you guys in the show notes. And by the way, folks, if you get value from what we're doing here at The Brian Nichols Show, well, there's beyond just sharing the episode and of course, showing up here every single day, which I so greatly appreciate. The other thing you can do is well, actually, there's two things you can do. Number one, become a super fan. $5 a month. You can join us over on Patreon. You get uh, monthly uh, sessions with yours truly where we'll go through some Q. Q&As, or you can uh, go ahead. Anything really top of mind, uh, business sales questions, anything in that world, go ahead. Feel free to uh, ask away. Um, also behind the scenes content, so $5 a month over on Patreon, or if you're interested in making a one-time PayPal donation, I it, I appreciate it. It goes right back into the show. It allows us to have folks like Fred return here on the program to talk about the 90-degree turn and all these awesome new ideas that can help solve the problems that we see out there. So uh, folks, if you'd be so willing, BrianNicholsShow.com, forward slash support, $5 a month over on Patreon, or a one-time PayPal donation. I greatly appreciate it. Other than that being said, folks, thank you for joining us. If you missed yesterday's conversation, well, no worries. I'll make sure I include the link right here for you below on YouTube, or if you're over on the podcast version, I'll include it there over at BrianNicholsShow.com. But we had a great uh, conversation with Jorge from Students for Liberty talking about how we can learn about the inf- uh, rules of inflation from none other than, none other than Venezuela, his home uh, country. So if you're interested, again, I'll include that right here below uh, for YouTube. But other than that, folks, if you wanna go ahead and find uh, all 584 other episodes of the program, showcom where you can find, yes, the episodes, the transcript of all the episodes, all the show links. And uh, of course, you can go ahead and find the video versions of the program here on YouTube, as well as over on Odyssey. All I ask is when you go over there please do me a favor go ahead and hit the subscription button uh, the subscribe button that is but also hit that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we go live but that's all i have for you with that being said it's brian nichols signing off you're on the brian nichols show for fred Eberline. we'll see you tomorrow thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian Forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at liberty And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl
1: Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.